Lord, take these words, help us to see you clearly and to follow you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Um, so one of the things that we do when we gather as a church family, uh, we worship together, but we also look at God's word together because God's word is the thing that helps us to show us who he is and also who we are. And we live in pretty strange times, don't we? Um, we're a week into lockdown and I hope that you've learned how to do homeschooling, that you've been doing uh, the gym uh, with Joe PE classes every morning at nine o'clock. He's keeping the nation fit and that you've been managing to go for your Boris walk. It has to be said, I think I've spoken to more people around Western over this last week as we've all been out walking together. Um, and, and actually that's been a real joy, even though we've obviously had to do it at a little bit of a distance. Most of us will have never experienced anything like this before. And we are made to relate to people. So not being able to get out in the same way, not being able to connect in the same way is really tough. And I've had more video conversations with uh, folks over this last two weeks than I have, I think, ever. And, and it's, it's okay, but it's not the same as actually being in the room with someone. And with all of this stuff that's going on at the moment, there's a lot of fear and worry. And it is serious. There are things to be concerned about. But I don't believe as people that are trying to follow Jesus that we're supposed to be overwhelmed by fear or overwhelmed by worry. Um, a week and a half or so ago, I spoke about worry, and if, if that's something that's really consuming you at the moment with all the things that are going on, then can I encourage you to uh, go back and look at that talk? It's on the Church Live page. There's a link there that you can look at, and hopefully you'll find that helpful. But I do want you to know this, that I am praying for all saints, for the whole of the church family, and I know that lots and lots of other people are too. And one of the things that I'm praying is that you would know the peace and the presence of God. Even in the midst of a storm, that you would know the peace and the presence of God in your homes, in your families, with the things that you're doing. We're on this series at the moment on the way of the cross and uh as we look at that, we, I thought about maybe changing uh, the theme for this coming weeks, but actually I think this is a really good theme for us to keep on going with. It's a journey through Lent towards Easter. And I believe that during this season, God is calling us back, calling us back into a more intimate walk with him. It's a difficult season, but it's also a season of tremendous, amazing opportunity. And I hope that you will find stillness. As I read this morning from someone else, you know, maybe we've been saying, well, I'll spend more time with God when I've got more time, when I'm less busy. Hey, this is the season. Right now, this is the season to find that stillness, to pray, 
to press in. And you can find a link for a, uh, a video that I did just a couple of days ago uh, on the Church Live section of the website as well. I wonder how many of you um, have ever had one of those little silver crosses. I know I have. Shiny little crosses that hang around our neck. But the reality of the cross is that it is an instrument of torture. It represents the brutal control of the Roman Empire over an occupied territory. The cross was an agonizing and slow way to die. It was horrible. I don't want to dwell on that anymore. But I do want you to know this, that, that the cross cost Jesus everything. He was willing to surrender his place in heaven with his father, to, get, to give up everything and to be born into a forgotten part of the Roman Empire, taking on an ordinary life. And then he even gave up that life and surrendered his earthly life to death, even death on a cross, as Philippians puts it. But worse than that, he endured separation from his father. It cost him everything. It cost Jesus everything. And our ornamental crosses, our shiny crosses, don't do justice to the enormity of that history-shaping event. They're far too polished to embrace the brutality and the totality of what Jesus did. I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear one. They're good reminders. And I've had seasons of wearing one too. But there's so much more to the cross. It's the cross that shapes everything. Isaiah says this, that he was pierced for our transgressions. That he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for us, for everyone. He took the punishment, the wages of sin on himself. He became separate from the Father on behalf of everyone else, on behalf of us, on behalf of me, so that we could be re connected with the Father. What he did, he did for everyone. One of the things that I really love to do is uh, baptism preparation. And uh, in baptism preparation, we get a whole bunch of people together who are on their walk with Jesus. And we have a conversation with them and we, we make sure, frankly, that they, they know the Christian story and that they are fully signed up. Because we don't want someone to take that decision if they haven't quite got their heads around it yet. But one of the things that I always do is get out a really big sheet of paper. And I put a blue line across the middle of it. And the bottom half represents the waters of baptism. And the top half represents their new life in Christ. And I ask them for suggestions of things that they want to leave in the water. Things that they want to let go of. And it might be even as I say that, that you're aware of in this season, things that you want to let go of, things that you want to leave in the water. And I also ask them 
for the things that they want to take hold of, the things they want to receive in terms of fullness of life in Jesus. And we, and we write them all out. We put them on the bit of paper so that everyone can see them. But quite often, people are surprised about what other people have put on the list. In fact, on one occasion, someone was so surprised that a particular thing was on the bit of paper because they had not even realised that God wanted that part of their life and they were like what even that I've got to let go of even that yes God wants us to let go of even that because he's got so much more for us to take hold of you see the cross demands a response it demands everything from us Paul says this I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. There's not a half-hearted way of being crucified. There's not a half-hearted way of being baptised. You're either under the water or you're not. You can either hold on to your way of doing things, our daily patterns, our fears, our worries, our past, our future, or you can surrender and let God do his thing. But you might say, Mark, you know, I, I really like my way of doing things. And, and of course we like our way of doing That's That's why we do them. But the reality is, and we can see it all around us, our way is not working. Our way is not working. We thought we could see that with climate change. And, and that, was a, that was a wake up call and still is. But with what's going on at the moment, that is even more of a wake-up call. Our way is not working. To respond to what Jesus offers us on the cross is to let go of everything. But it also means we gain everything. So this morning, let's let go of the things that we hold on to so tightly. And let's open our hands to receive all that he has won for us. This is not a one-time action, it's a daily action. So where you are right now, why don't you use your hands. Use your hands and let go of the things that you've done wrong. Let go your way of doing things. Let go of the past. Even let go of the future. And especially let go of your worries and your fears and your plans. And let God into your heart today. Receive afresh all that he has for you. Fullness of life and peace in him. The way to the Father.